feel like we're having a good week here. We're just, uh, you know, need to wrap a few things up today and, you know, get ready to go up there. It's be a great environment, hostile environment, great atmosphere. Um, Buffalo's got great fans. They always give us a warm reception. So I'm sure we'll get another one this week. And, uh, you know, hope we can go out there and play competitively on Sunday afternoon. So got a lot to get ready for. Good team, uh, well coached. Very sound all the way through in all three phases of the game. Got a lot of good players, a lot of experience. A lot of guys who know what they're doing. I've done it for a while. Um, I've done it against us. Done it well. So we'll have to, you know, be ready to meet those challenges. Raise your hand. I'll call on you. Mike, go ahead. What did you know or see from Cody Kessler that makes you guys want to work with him? Uh, he has some experience. He's a young player, so we'll see how it goes. When, when we were talking about him uh, Wednesday, we talked about I think roster management was mentioned just in terms of bringing in a third quarterback. When Tom is maybe not at a full practice, like how does that put stress on Jared? I mean, is that sort of part of the thinking there and bringing in a third? Oh, I think Jared's okay. He's young. He, he can go out there and then throw in practice. I don't, I don't really think that's an issue. In your experience dealing with um, young rookie quarterbacks, how difficult is it um, just to come in, adjust like the NFL, learn the system, run scout team, and play backup for a guy that's first year in the league? Yeah, well, being a rookie in the NFL is hard for every position, um, but yeah, there are a lot of demands on that one, no, all the ones that you've mentioned. Um, so, I mean, that is what it is. That's what you sign up for when you play quarterback. You, you take on a lot of responsibilities uh, besides just playing your position. So there's play calling, there's leadership, there's uh, adjustments, there's knowing what everybody's doing, there's playing the situation, football, um, and so forth. So that's all part of the position. On Wednesday, Sean McDermott said that they would be ignorant if they didn't study your model because of the success you've had for two decades now. I'm just curious, when you were back in that position, maybe when you were first starting in Cleveland as a head coach, or maybe your second time around with the Patriots, was there someone you looked at and said, try to take as much out of this as we possibly can moving forward? Um, yeah, sure, yeah. I think you always try to do that. We're still doing that. We still look at, at what other teams in the league do in different areas and try to find things that we think would help us. Um, or that we could do better, or that they do well, and are they the same as us? And is that good, or are they different? And would that work for us, or why does it work for them? But yeah, definitely. I appreciate the compliments from Sean, but I think they've they've done a great job. Uh, he's done a great job with that program. He and Bean um, and their staff. So I mean, they got a good football team, and they're young. I'm sure, they'll keep getting better. They're 11 and 5 and one score or less games since 2017. Does that speak to the sort of the culture and the, and the coaching that they're getting up there? Very much. Yeah. They're, they're very fundamentally sound. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They don't beat themselves. Um, play good defense. Play good in the right area on both sides of the ball, especially right area defense. But this year they're, they're playing very well offensively in the right area, which has made a big difference for them. Um, they have a good kicker, they have a good kicking game. 
So those that always pays off. They're a good situational team. How is Cameron Meredith coming along? I know he hasn't really been able to practice, but just what have you seen from him? Yeah, he's working every day. He's here. He's working hard every day. He's making progress. Uh, Bill, understanding every player evolves through the course of their career, when you look at Josh Gordon when he came into the league versus where he is now, where do you see the greatest growth or just differences in the player he was then to where he is today? Yeah, I couldn't really answer that question because I wasn't with him when he came into the league. So my experience with him has really been in the last 12 months. Um, I know it was right around this time last year, roughly. Uh, so. Yeah, that's. I've spoken about that, the growth he's made in the last year, but I, I don't really know. I couldn't go back further than that. Bill, they have uh, Frank Moore, of course, Lorenzo Alexander on the other side of the ball. Two older players, got a lot of experience, two very good players. You have a lot of guys that have had a lot of experience in the league, not just Tom, but you know, a nucleus of this team that have been around for a while. Has. The, the view of players and their age changed at all with conditioning, exercise science, nutrition, and what we've learned in recent years. These guys uh, become examples of kind of maybe uh, a new way of looking at experienced players in sleep that can still be very productive into their, into their 30s, mid-30s, and whatnot. Yeah. No. You know, it's a good question. It's a really good question. Uh, uh, personally, I just try to take everything uh, based on what I see and not try to maybe read too much into other, you know, numbers and so forth. As you know, like analytics is not really my thing. I just try to evaluate what I see. Um, but I mean, you've got guys like Brett Favre and Gonzalez and. Um, Moon. I mean, you can go back however far you want to go back. You know, if you want to go all the way back to Blanda and those guys. I mean, you know, he's playing in his fifties too, or whatever it was. So, you know, I think each generation has players like that. I don't know if there's any set formula or model for what it is today or what it was some other year. I'm sure you could go to some analytics person and they'd be able to give you a great numerical answer on that. I don't. I don't know, but. Um, you know, for me, it's just trying to evaluate, you know, where players are uh, physically, mentally, um, emotionally, in terms of playing football in, in their career. And that's really what I, I can go on. Um, certainly, there's some other components, but in the end, those are the main things. But I think you see players from that in every, really in every generation, football generation. Um, some of those guys in their early 30s. Um, Kevin Wide be another guy that you know played played really good football at that point in his career, and there were the guys at thirty that you know, really their career was pretty much over. So I don't know what the exactly what the formula is on that. I think it varies from individual to individual. Maybe the system that they're in. How do you really feel about analytics? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> just you know, that that works for some people, and that's great. The Bills' special teams had the new coach Heath Farwell. Uh, what has been the biggest change you've seen from their special teams with Danny Crossman out? You know, not there. 
Uh, right. Well, we just ran into Danny, but um, you know, I think Heath's program is similar to what they did at Carolina. Um, it's really similar to what Sean does when he was at Carolina. Um, they're very physical. Um, they have you know good speed players like Neil. They have some very physical players like Alexander, um, and they're very fundamentally sound and don't make a lot of mistakes. Um, they have a very explosive returner. Uh, they're they're a physical coverage team. I mean, kind of like Heath was as a player, I would say. Um, you know, so it looks like that's what their emphasis is. Um, it's not like it's you know five gadgets in every game. They are sound. They're consistent. Um, they know what they're doing, and they get better at it from repetition. Um, but they're very physical in the kicking game. So they have good size. They have good power. Um, so they can block. They can get the return started and. To block them, you've got to be physical and be able to stand up to them, or they'll run right through you. Starting with Alexander. Evan Lazar. Uh, with analytics, how much would you say, if any, that has a role in going forward on fourth down or a two-point conversion for you guys, just in general? For me, for us? Yeah. Yeah. Less than zero. Is it more just like a gut thing for you? Well, I'm saying it's a gut thing. I think it's a, you know, it's an individual analysis based on the things that are pertinent to that game and that situation. I don't really care what happened in 1973 and what those teams did or didn't do. I don't really think that matters in this game. Or 83 or 90, you know, pick out whatever year you want. It's not really my thing. And I like math too, by the way. I really do. I like math. Whether it's playing with this or not, but a lot of coaches rely on them and, and are more prone to go for two-point conversion attempts. Uh, often, though, they will go for two after a missed extra point try on uh, a preceding score. Last week, uh, Stephen misses a kick. How important is it to put, the, put a kicker back on the bike in your eyes and, and send him back out there? And, and as a coach, not to fall into the temptation, maybe, of chasing points early in the game. Yeah, uh, again, I think each situation is different on that. Uh, I think there's a place for that, and sometimes there's not a place for it. Um, it would just depend on the circumstances that, that were came into play there. Um, you know, if you look at the game last week, you know, it was a, a pretty interesting situation where um, Buffalo scored and uh, Cincinnati had a penalty on the extra point, put the ball on the one-yard line, uh, Buffalo converted. Um, so in the end, instead of it being 20 to 17, it was 21 to 17, uh, which made Cincinnati, who was in field goal range, you know, have to go for the touchdown. Got the ball tipped, got it intercepted, lost the game. So you know, those points are big points. Obviously, we know that, but um, you know, that was aggressive play by uh, Coach McDermott. It's well executed. You know, they hit Beasley there on a, on a little rollout pass, and I mean, ultimately, you can argue that might be the difference in the game. You know, a play in the first quarter on an extra point that, um, you know, the Bills aggressively converted. So I think that's a good example of how um, how they coach and how they win. They they do things well. They make you beat them. You make a mistake. They take advantage of them. Uh, in the end, it's a four-point game, but really it's, I would say, it's a one-point game. And that's where that one point came from. So that's, they do it all the time. They're really good at it. And. And you don't see that happen to them very much, you know. 
make a mistake, and then that ends up, you know, you, you got to go out there and make good plays. They don't, they just don't make many of those. Final question? Bill, yeah. obviously you guys have faced some fast guys. Tiger Kill probably among the fastest. Um, John Brown this week, how does he kind of fit into that? And, um, you know, just what does he bring to the Bill's offense? Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely fast. Um, he's a good player. Uh, he's really made a big impact on their team. He's made some big plays for them. Um, I don't know if he's faster than Foster. I mean, you have to ask somebody else that. I'm not, you know, I'm not with both those guys, but I don't know who would be faster than Foster. They have really good speed. So Foster's fast. Brown's fast. McKenzie's fast. Um, you know, they put Roberts out there too. So they've got they got some fast guys if they want them. Uh, and they do, and they roll them in there. They they use them, uh, but they, you know, uh, I don't know if anybody could take the top off the defense better than Foster could. I mean, that guy can really, he can really run. We saw that last year. We saw at the end of the season last, you know, in the second, over the second half of the season. But Brown's, you know, certainly in that category. I mean, he, you know, they get him on over, not just vertical routes. They get him on over routes and. Uh, you know, plays to the other side of the defense, which are really, those are dangerous plays. You know, not everybody can run those, but if you have a fast player and you line up on one side of the field, run them deep on the other side of the field, that, that puts a lot of stress on um, zone and man coverages just by the, you know, the amount of distance that he can get to and, and how hard it is for you to defend that space. Uh, if you get cleared out over there, or if they formation it uh, in a difficult way, which Coach Dable does a good job of that, so. They have good speed and they use it um, for multiple players. Yep, good question. All right, thank you.